This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a Corolla built just for you. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Stay connected and never miss a beat with AT&T. Our reliable network covers more roads than any other carrier, ensuring you're always in the loop. Whether it's tournament upsets, buzzer beaters, or social media buzz, stay up to date. Don't let the action pass you by. Check if you're eligible for a free trial of in-car Wi-Fi at att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi. And keep the madness going. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Tired of restless nights? At Lisa, we know good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. From memory foam mattresses to hybrids that keep you cool all night long, Lisa's mattresses offer exceptional comfort and support with free delivery and 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. Welcome to the Hank Haney Podcast, a production of iHeartRadio. Gonna tell it like it really is We know Haney doesn't give a shh Silencing critics, eliminate misses Two chips never accept on shoulders to get better Everybody knows the name, read about it We're golf teachers, hall of fame, never doubt it It's time for the truth, here's our dude You're listening to Haney You're listening to Haney You're listening to Haney it's time for the truth, here's our dude. You're listening to Haney. Yeah. Listening to Haney. Three, two, one. Welcome to the Hank Haney Podcast, Saturday Strong Edition. Steve Johnson, it's the great predictor here with Minnesota Tim Parachka, as usual. And this is a big show today because, you know, we count down. We don't count down by years, we count down by weeks. And today is episode number 23, and we dedicated our episodes to PGA Tour winners. We've done that before, you know, the 21, the 22, the Lanny Watkins 21 Tour victories, and we had uh, 20 victories. Who was that? That was, uh, I think, Davis Love the Third was 20 Tour victories. Today is episode big number 23, and who else to dedicate this episode to besides the man? Yeah, the, the guy that uh, transcended all sports, the big Michael Jordan, number 23. Yeah, that was the obvious one. I mean, that was the obvious one, Steve, and uh, I believe we both were going to say that one. Um, there really aren't any other number 23s really to pay respect to besides LeBron James. I mean, he is he's also in that top five GOAT status in the NBA. He's also changed the game. He's also changed sports. Um, so really, I don't think we need to talk about the number 23 too often today, just because Michael Jordan and LeBron James are the clear front runners and it would be disrespectful to, to, um, to pull out my Stephen A. Smith, uh, to bring up any other number 23s in this conversation with them. But this is what I want to get into right away, Steve. So the PGA tour is back today. We are recording on a Thursday morning, as we always do, and we will get Steve's picks. We will get some of those later on in the show because he is the great predictor officially on Twitter at great predictor one. But here we are at the Charles Schwab challenge recording Thursday morning, and um, I am still in awe. I really want to give the PGA Tour a lot of credit here because I cannot believe that when they enacted this plan early May, late April, sometime in there, that they were able to follow through 
And I understand that the economy is opening and things are opening, but that's completely different than having a professional sporting event, even without fans. And I think they deserve a lot of credit here for not only putting on an event, but getting the 16 of the top 20 players in the world golf rankings. I just, it is so hard for me to put that into words because it's just unbelievable. Yeah, it is unbelievable, Tim. But you know, we always talk about the PGA Tour not being a sprint, but it's being a a marathon. 47 weeks, 47 different events. Uh, You've got some multiple events when you have the World Golf Championship events and all that. But you know what? This year, it is a sprint. And uh, when it's a sprint, you've got to get in there. You've got to get in there early. You've got to get in there often. And that's what we're seeing here. I don't think that they're dedicating. And, you know, it could be. I mean, I, I, I shouldn't say they're not, but... I mean, Charles Schwab is a big is a big sponsor of PGA Tour Champions, PGA Tour. Um, this is the second year that they're going to be doing the uh, Charles Schwab Challenge at Colonial. He came in and saved that tournament, a, a tournament that they talk about. Brandel Chambly talked about this a few days ago, that this is a tournament that is, uh, it is that longstanding golf tournament, one of the most longstanding tournaments on the PGA Tour. So uninterrupted. And, uh, you know, maybe they're coming out because Charles Schwab is the, is the, uh, is the sponsor of this tournament. I don't know. Wow. Nobody, nobody really showed up last year, Steve, and they were the sponsor. I mean, Brooks Kepka, he was there last year for the first time and only time he's here. He's there this year too. Um, Justin was Justin Rose. No, that's 2019. Justin Rose won in 2018. Um, but Justin Rose was last, was there last year as well. John Rahm's been there several years now, including this year. Um, My next question for you. So with this loaded field and Jordan Spieth, who's the 56th ranked player in the world, who are you most looking forward to watching for a few holes this week? Well, you know, I always like to see the top players, Uh, you know, who wouldn't want to see the world number one, Rory McIlroy. And, uh, I was listening to a pod, another podcast and also reading some articles and the experts and, you know, we're the real experts, but the guys that say that they're the experts in predicting the winners, they're all over the place. They're all over the board. I couldn't believe out of 12 guys in Golf Digest, only one picked Brooks Kepka, a one picked Rory McIlroy. I got to say, because Tiger's not here, the first person that I would go watch it's Jordan Spieth. That's yeah. the first one. That is by far the the, the most interest for me. Uh, not that I want to help him or that I just, I, I, he seems like, I've said this before, Tim, and you guys kind of poo-pooed me on this. I think t- Jordan Spieth is one of the most important U.S. golfers, up-and-coming golfers. I mean, he's a three-time major winner, but he's a young golfer. I think he could be the next Arnold Palmer. He could be the guy that carries a torch for U.S. golf after Tiger retires. It's certainly not going to be Brooks Kepka. It's not going to be uh, Bryson DeChambeau. It's not going to be Ricky Fowler. It's not going to be any of those guys. Uh, it's, it's going to be Jordan Spieth. Now, it could be, after his television debut, it could be Justin Thomas. And I'm, and I'm interested to see how he plays this week, too, because he's he loves the competition. He's phenomenal player. I look for big things for him. I look for at least a top 10 for him. Now, now he may feel a little bit of pressure because he's coming in. He feels like, Hey, I got to get going. I've got 11 tournaments to make, uh, to make my mark. Uh, I, I think it's going to be very interesting this year. I, I you know, especially it's going to be interesting this week with no gallery. I think the first tournament that has a gallery, Tim is going to be the Memorial at uh, Jack Nicholas's Mirfield village. Yes, that is correct. Up to 8,000 people. Wow. That's going to be like, uh, well, that's bigger than a Corn Ferry Tour event. That's bigger than a Champions, PGA Tour Champions event. It's certainly bigger. It dwarfs the size of the gallery at the LPGA events. And I'm just saying that by fact. I mean, I've been to LPGA events. They've got them here in in Dallas. Um, 8,000 people, I think those 8,000 people at Memorial are going to probably be at Tiger's group, don't you think? Um, yeah, if he's, yeah, definitely. You uh, better, I tell you what, you better not 
edit that out. You better not edit that. I know you're thinking about editing that out. You better not edit it out. Edit what out? Edit what out? What are you talking about? When I talked about the other tours. Oh. And the, the friends and family. <laughs> I didn't even notice, Steve. I did not okay. even okay. notice. I, I don't even know what well, you're you talking know, about. Well, Tim, in, in the in the world now, we're all sensitive. You know, we we want to we don't want to say the wrong thing. We want to do the right thing, but you've got to do you got to tell it like it is thing. You know what I'm talking about? Yes, I understand it. Okay. Yeah, I understand it. So you, let's get back to your Jordan Spieth comment. So you. But I'm just about, warning you. I'm just warning you. If you edit that out, I'm going to call Hank. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. I I, okay. I didn't say a single thing about it. I did okay. not. I did not even mention what you said. I could tell you were thinking about it. <laughs> Man, you really are the great predictor. You can look and search into the souls of people you're talking to. I mean, there's this one time when my cousin called into the podcast. Hank had no idea. And you were like, Tim, I think that was your cousin. And you were right. <laughs> and now you're over here reading my mind, reading yeah. my soul, reading my yeah. palms. I mean, you really are the great predictor. It's unbelievable. See, I've, <laughs> I've, got that, I've got that sense. I don't even have the, I, I, I'm, I'm unprepared today. I don't have my eight ball with me. I don't have <laughs> the board. I don't have the cards. I don't have anything. So Straight but anyway, get, just get on. What, what about Jordan Spieth? So you mentioned that he will be the carrier of the PGA Tour. He's that's my 56th. opinion. That's okay, my opinion. I got it. Okay, that's fine. I, I, I don't think that's ridiculous. You said that we poo-pooed you, but I don't think that's ridiculous at all, Steve. However, what is ridiculous about it is that he's the 56th ranked player in the world. The only way for him to be the carrier of the PGA Tour is if he gets back into the top 20 of the world golf rankings. So you believe that Jordan Spieth will rise back up the world golf rankings. I mean, I just read off his driving statistics from earlier this year. Now we had three months off Steve, but he was like 227th in driving accuracy so far this season in 2020. You think that he will be a carrier of the PGA tour and find a way to get back to the top 20. I'm a believer in Jordan Spieth. I, you know, when he came out on the tour, uh, we, we've talked about this many times. My youngest son and he were in the same class at Jesuit uh, College Prep here in Dallas. Um, I didn't think too much of his game back in, in high school. He was a very good putter, uh, hooked the ball a lot, hit the ball pretty low. Um, but he has improved, just like all the PGA Tour pros that are successful. They continue to improve. Now, he has hit a speed bump here. Uh, you know, a three, almost a three-year speed bump. But I have faith in the fact that I think he's going to, they're going to figure it out. I, I, he, his, he and his coach, Cameron McCormick, have had, uh, I'm, I'm sure they've been working hard during this offseason. I know for a fact he's been working out hard uh, with his trainer and he's getting ready. Um, it's not about the money for Gordon Jordan Spieth. It, it is about, playing the best he can play, winning tournaments, winning championships. Um, I think that he, he figures it out. Now, I don't know if it's going to be this year. I don't know if it, it obviously wasn't the last two years, but they continue to work on things that, that are going to help make his game better. Now, remember, he had a battle with the short putts. Remember that a couple of years ago? Yeah. And we were saying, hey, it looked like he had the putting yips. Well, anyone that comes out at the highest levels of golf and goes cross-handed and looks at the hole when they're putting, when they're a rookie on the PGA Tour, uh, is 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 very resourceful player who is battling issues. Uh, he's overcome those issues. I don't know if he's overcome them for good, but he's overcome them for a while. He's, his putting has been better, especially his long putts. But I think he's a guy that's going to be able to figure it out at some point. It may take a few years. Now the thing is, Tim. When a player has is going into a bad spell, the longer he stays in that bad, with that speed bump in his game, the longer he stays at playing at levels that are beneath where he should be, the harder it is to rise above that level. Players find, and there's a player in the in the 
field this week at the Charles Schwab, Keith Clearwater, who was Rookie of the Year, won twice in the PGA Tour. That was when I remember I, I told you that's when I started. I could feel the predictions coming in me because back when he played on the mini tours, I predicted Keith Clearwater was going to win on the PGA Tour that next year. He won twice. You love that Rookie take. of the Year. You love that take. That's your but favorite take of, of the all year. time. Yeah, I mean, that that is a good take going all the way back to the 1980s, and that's something you'll never let us go. Um, but no. Jordan Speed, 28 to 1. He's the ninth favorite um, here at Colonial, and he has good history here. So when I was looking at the field and I was looking at Jordan Speed's history here at Colonial, in 2019, he tied for eighth. In 2018, he tied for 32nd. In 2017, he tied for second. And in 2016, he won. So the last four years, he's besides, you know, one year where he finished outside of the top 10 in 2018. He has great history here. So really the loser of this week, it's going to sound, it sounds strange to say, but even going into the week, the loser of the week is Jordan Spieth because in the previous years, he did not have to worry about 16 of the top 20 players showing up at a place like Colonial, a place that he loves, a place he's familiar with, a place that he's dominated, a place that he's been super successful at. And now we go into the comeback of the PGA Tour. He's working on his game during his three-month hiatus. He's practicing. He's feeling good. He's loving what he's seeing. And then he goes to Colonial. and He's got to face 16 of the top 20 in the world. I would be pissed if I was Spieth. Well, you know, we always talk about horses for courses. Now, there's a, a player that lives here locally. He's from Amarillo originally. One of my uh, kids that I helped when he was growing up, Ryan Palmer. Uh, he lives, he's a member over at Colonial. He plays well at Colonial. Colonial is a type of course that is a real local knowledge type course. There's an article in golfdigest.com today on Thursday. Uh, our, our listeners have probably read it that talked about, hey, players have a hard time making six footers at Colonial. Subtle breaks. Uh, local knowledge doesn't look like it's that difficult, of course, but I mean, I tell you what now, I mean, guys can shoot numbers today. It's beautiful here, Tim, uh, Thursday will be, uh, as you'll see, uh, because this is going to air on Saturday, but Thursday is going to be a great scoring day. It's a uh, very little winds, not a lot of heat high in the eighties right now, as we speak, it's uh, in the sixties this morning, little dew on the grass. Uh, and they start teeing off at eight o'clock. 144 players. I think they're going to play very fast. I think this is going to be like a uh, uh, friends and family type of uh, a guy's trip where the guys are out there playing. Uh, they don't have to deal with the fans. They don't have to deal with the autographs. Uh, I'm not even sure if they're going to have any sponsors out there. You know, So you've got uh, the, the broadcast team. You've got the PGA Tour staff out there doing the rulings and all that. But other than that, I think it's... I think this is like a little late spring breaker for those guys. So last question before we take our first break. Where would you expect the winning score to be in a range? You can give a range. So 16 to 18 under par, a range of three. So 12 to 14 under par, 15 to 17 under par, 16 to 18 under par. Where would you expect the winning score to be this week at Colonial? Can you tell me what the winning score was last year? How many under par? I can in a little bit. Okay, okay. Uh, well, you know what I'm feeling right here? I have absolutely no idea what the weather was like last year. This is a type of course that can play differently in, in different weather conditions. Typically, this time of year, uh, when, when uh, Colonial is played, which typically is in, in early May, thunderstorms, humidity, winds, uh, you know, tough conditions. But I think this week, the conditions are going to be good. I'm seeing right now, minus 15 or, or below is going to be, uh, it's going to be deep. Okay. It's, going to be, it's going to be deep this week. All right. So Kevin Na last year in 2019 shot 13 under par and won. Um, an important note, though, he won by four, and the second place finisher was obviously nine under par. So there was a big gap between first place and second place. It wasn't a tight finish at all. So... Um, so you're saying 15 under par is the winning score. Or, or deeper for, or, or lower, 15 okay. or lower. 
Oh, 15 so 15, or lower. Six, okay. 15, 16, 17, 18, something like that. Between 15 to 18 under is going to okay. win this tournament. All right. I like that. All right. Let's take our first break here on the Saturday Strong episode of Michael Jordan, episode 23. Go check out voodoopainrelief.com right now for a free two-week supply of Voodoo Pain Relief Cream. The reviews are fantastic. Hank receives emails all the time about how Voodoo Pain Relief Cream has absolutely take has absolutely taken or taken care of people's aches and their pains. I run, I use it on my calves. Other people they use it on their hips. Some people use it for headaches. Some people use it for their backs like my mom. Voodoo Pain Relief Cream will change your life and it will take care of your aches and your pains. And right now Hank has a free 2-week supply of Voodoo Pain Relief Cream. Just go to voodoopainrelief.com right now. All right, when we come back on the Saturday Strong, mic'd up PGA Tour players and Steve's winners also coming up later around the corner on the Saturday Strong. Figuring out your swing and the pride that you feel when that happens. I'll explain later on. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a -a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com slash stereo right now. NetSuite.com slash stereo. NetSuite.com slash stereo. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my That's my day, <laughs> Welcome back to the Saturday Strong edition of the Hank Haney Podcast here. The great predictor, Steve Johnson, and also Minnesota Tim Porochka. And uh, we've been talking a little bit of uh, Charles Schwab. It's not invitational, it's challenge. Charles Schwab challenge. Great field. Uh, we're going to get to our predictions here in a little bit. But, uh, Timmy, uh, you teased you teased this with something coming out of the, uh, or going into the break. What, what was the tease about? 
Yeah, I, I, I talked about the PGA Tour trying to mic up players. And this is on jeffshackford.com, and it was written by Awful Announcings, Jay Rigdon. Um, so Jay wrote this article about PGA Tour players and them being mic'd up. So let me just read a little bit of Jay's article, because miking up PGA Tour players has been a big discussion because of the match that gained so much popularity um, that people love to watch when Phil and Tiger and Peyton and Tom were mic'd up and Justin Thomas was on the grounds. So here's what awful announcing Jay Rigdon wrote. He goes, Justin Thomas, it should be clear, plays a spectator sport for a living. And And in a world without fans in attendance, a world that might become the new normal for the foreseeable future, Any way to remove more of a filter between the at-home audience and the action is a good idea. It also rings hollow considering the nature of the game itself. There are no signs or plays for competitors to steal, nor is there much of a strategy that other competitors could find useful for themselves. There's also the fact that other sports already do this, not necessarily with a live microphone that broadcasts can throw to throughout coverage, but the NBA, NFL, and MLB players routinely wear microphones that networks use for quick replay, looks, or for edited packages, even as the game progresses. Just as an example, David Ross was mic'd up during Game 7 of the 2016 World Series and still managed to perform just fine, but Justin Thomas thinks that Saturday at the Charles Schwab Challenge is a stage too important for that kind of distraction. So to summarize, Justin Thomas basically said during his press conference this week that he did not want to be mic'd up. And Jay is responding to that. So Jay brings up a great point. The P- a bunch of other sports leagues mic up their players. And in a sport where it already is super stuffy, where it seems like the game's elitist, really separate themselves from every other category. Like, I don't feel similar to Justin Thomas. I don't feel like I know anything about Justin Thomas. He seems super private. Same thing with Tiger Woods, even though he's opened up in recent years. Rory McIlroy is probably the most open. Brooks Kepka is probably the most open, and you hate him. So, miking up these PGA Tour players, gaining some access, which doesn't have to be live, the beauty of miking up a player, Steve, is that there are people and producers and production in the background, and they hear it all. They hear everything they say, but they don't broadcast everything they say. They broadcast just the little details like, oh, this is 220 in. What club should I use? Oh, great shot, Justin Thomas. So if he was, if he was talking to his caddy, he would that would be the general. We, we really wouldn't get that much out of it. Honestly, we I don't feel like we would learn that much from PGA Tour players if we mic them up. It would just be the little nuanced yardages, clubs. Oh, hey, good shot here. Oh, hey, good shot there. Oh, nice. Good leg putt here. And that's really honestly nothing. But the key here is, is that it separates that boundary between the PGA Tour player thinking that he's God's given gift to the world. And average person that just wants a little access to them. I'm detecting a little attitude there, Tim. A little, yeah. little attitude. You know what? I've got my five. I, I, I like the idea of the mic'd up player. I've got a top five list. I've got my top five guys I'd want to have mic'd up. Uh, specifically for the Charles Schwab Challenge. You want to hear my list? Yes. And my rationale. Uh, one is... I, I like players with emotion. I like players that are provocative with uh, their, their thoughts. They're not afraid to say what they think. Um, I like players that uh, will sometimes get out on the limb like I do. And so number one on my list is Patty Reed. Patty Reed, I, he's got to be mic'd up because there's a greater than 50% chance he's going to say something stupid. And it's going to give us something to talk about. And it's going to give us something to react to. So Patty Reed, he's my number one on my list. Number two on my list is, for the opposite reason, Jordan Spieth. I want to hear Jordan Spieth because he does verbalize a lot. There's a lot of guys that internalize a lot of their preparation. Brooks Kepka is one of those guys. Tiger Woods is one of those guys. Doesn't really talk a lot. He'll ask some questions. But Jordan Spieth is like, is 
purging every thought he has in his head about this shot that's coming up. He'll talk to Michael Greller, his caddy. Hey, what's this? What's that? What's this? Here's what I'm feeling. I don't know about this. What about this club? I want to hear his thought process. He's all over the place. Different than Pat Reed, but it's, 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 it'll be interesting. Another guy along the same lines as Jordan, my number three on my list of who I want mic'd up, Phil Mickelson. Always a beauty. I mean, always, always has opinions, always has different insights. Uh, I can remember Bones, his caddy, saying that he really realized late in, in their career together that it was better to give Phil a club that he felt comfortable with than one that was the right club. And so rather than talking him into a club, he would just try to get Phil comfortable with the club he was hitting. I can remember in the U.S. Open a number of years ago that he wanted to hit a five wood. And Bones was talking about hitting an iron and laying up or something. And and Phil said, hey, you know what? You're not listening to me, Bones. You're not listening to me. I like the five wood. And he went up, he hit it. He hit a great shot. I'm not sure what he made there. But number three on my list is Phil Mickelson. Number four on my list is Justin Thomas because he wears his, he's a very great competitor. He wears his emotions on his sleeve. He does talk a little bit, uh, a little Jordan Spieth type talk where he's talking about the shot. He's got a great caddy in Jimmy Johnson, a great mentor, great equalizer as Justin Thomas's emotions get, get geared up. Jimmy Johnson will calm him down a little bit. And I like to hear that. And my last guy is, I'm not sure exactly what he's saying all the time. And I'm not sure exactly (laughs) what he's analyzing. But I've got, you got to think, you got to have Bryson DeChambeau mic'd up. We can learn something from Bryson DeChambeau. We may need to get it interpreted. We may need to get a tutor to tell us what he's talking about. But he's number five on my list. The, uh, that's the top five mic'd up tour players. Patty Reed, Jordan Spieth, Phil Mickelson, Justin Thomas, Bryson DeChambeau. You see a problem with that? No, I honestly don't. I was looking for a problem, but I was wishing, I, and I wished there was one so I could yell at you a little bit. Um, but uh, I honestly don't see a problem with that at all. So Steve, last Saturday, you got all hyped up. You all, You got your underwear in a bunch because there were six players that were in the field here at the Charles Schwab Challenge that you did not want in the field because Vijay Singh got shamed out of playing in the Corn Fairy Tour event at uh, some sawgrass somewhere. Yeah, TPC Sawgrass in Florida. Yeah, yeah, because of um, Brady Schnell's tweets, and then he got shamed, whatever. But Brady Schnell got ripped for that, too, just to be fair. So here we go. You got six players. Do any of those six guys, I'll call them. So Perkins has like the fabulous five, the pancakes, the eggs, whatever, the muffin. I don't know. So I haven't been to Perkins for a while and I always order an omelet there. I I never get the fabulous five. So let's call these guys the fantastic six. I was going to call them the the sad sack six is what I was going to call them. (laughs) The sad sack six. Okay. Sad sack six. Let me review this for people for for our listeners that didn't didn't get the benefit. You got to go back and listen last week. This the Saturday strong twenty number twenty two. Uh, that was uh, that was Elgin Baylor. Um, VJ Singh is is. I mean, Tiger Woods says VJ Singh was one of the top two players he had ever played against. I mean, that's, that's saying something. I mean, Vijay Singh is the type of player, I mean, he's past his prime, but he's the type of player that people would want to see, that he's very impressive. He's exotic in his techniques. He's, he's, had to, he's had to change a lot of his techniques over the years because of the yips, the chipping, and all that stuff. A guy by the name of Marius Filmalter has helped him a bunch with that. But he got shamed out of playing in that tournament. All of the players, except Phil Mickelson, said, hey, he earned, he's earned his right to play. Let him play if he wants to play. But behind the scenes, he was getting a lot of pressure that he shouldn't be entering the Corn Ferry event. So I use that same logic. You know, it, we do not live in a vacuum, Tim. The PGA Tour is a sprint this season. It's a 100-yard dash. It's a 40-yard dash. The players have already said, we're going to play early, we're going to play off, and we're going to play a lot. 
And it doesn't leave a lot of room for these younger guys that are trying to get spots and trying to get starts. And I look at, I mean, every tournament has their own criteria, but the PGA Tour needs to step in there. Hey guys, this is a different deal this year. We've got 11 events. We've got to have uh, some type of system where we can get guys to graduate to the following year to get their uh, PGA Tour card through FedEx Cup points. We've got a playoff. We've got $15 million in playoff uh, for the winner. This is a big deal. So we've got limited spots this year. So, you know, we're going to, all of these exemptions that we typically gave to past winners, you know, dignitaries, uh, local players and all that, you know, we're going to have to discontinue that. No, but the PGA Tour didn't say that. They said, you know, ga- game on, let's, uh, standard procedure, let's go, you do it, you do what you normally do, this is your tournament. So what the Charles Schwab challenge did is that they let in some past champions, and I, had, I have a big problem with this. In fact, last week I predicted that three of them would pull out before the tee-off time, and it doesn't look like they're going to. So I'm gonna I'm gonna name these guys. These guys should not be playing in this event. The sad sack six. Yes, it's it it's unbelievable that they would be selfish enough that they would be playing in this event. I'm gonna name them right now. Olin Brown, come on, Olin Brown. You haven't played on the PGA Tour in years. You're an <laughs> announcer. What are you doing? Next one. I, I know it. You're, and this is a guy that you're uh, very fond of. He's a Minnesota Tom Lehman. boy. Leave Tom him Lehman. out of this. Past Leave winner. him out of this. No, no, no. He's a past winner. He's old. He's in his 60s. His swing is so short now, he can't even swing that thing above his waist. Now, he's still a good player. I mean, I, I'm not taking anything away from him. He's a good player. He should be, he should be gearing up for the PGA Tour Champions events. Tom Lehman, go home. He's a happy sack. Yeah, okay. Next... Then these next two guys, it's questionable whether these guys are cheating or not. These, you know, you know what I'm talking about. Guys that say that they're not anchoring, but it sure the hell looks like they're anchoring. Intent of the game. Yes. They're not intending, but you know, I got in trouble when I said Bernard Longer was a cheater. Uh, remember <laughs> that one guy that called in and, uh, oh man, he was, he was upset. So Bernard Longer and Scott McCarron, they should not be playing either. Go home, go to Florida. Go back home, rest up for the PGA Tour champions. <laughs> David Frost. Are you calling Bernard Langer a liar? <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what that guy sounded like, too. Yeah. <laughs> Hank had to come in and defend me on that deal. No, I don't know if he did. He just let you guys go after. That was amazing. Are you calling Bernard Langer a liar? Well, he I mean, it looks after you. It, I tell you what, it sure looked like he was anchoring, but we'll have to. We're not going to know this week because they'll never show him. Yeah. He's not like he's not even playing in the tournament. He's just taking up a spot. I wouldn't be surprised if he made the cut, though. Well, we'll see. We'll see. He's a very. He's in great shape. He prepares well. Uh, never won this event, has he? I don't think he's ever won this event. I don't know, but it's a short golf course. You don't have to hit driver. It's more of an accuracy. It's more put the ball in the fairway. Don't go for distance. Driver will be eliminated off the tee for a lot of players, and that might bring Bernard Langer into it to at least make the cut. I've got two more guys. Two more guys. Uh, this fourth guy is, uh, or the fifth guy is, uh, he's a local Dallas player. He's a good player. Back back in the day, he he came in second place a bunch of tournaments. He's won a lot. Plays in the PGA Tour Champions. That would be David Frost. And David Frost is a good guy. Well, I like David Frost. He's always been very nice. He works hard in his game. Uh, he has other businesses that he's doing now, a wine company and all this stuff. And uh, he shouldn't be playing in this event. He should not be playing in this event. And the last guy is, I mean... I don't know if he's going to be a friend of mine now. I mean, I, I like him. We are, we've been very good friends. We travel together uh, as young wannabe tour pros. Uh, he won this tournament back in his rookie year. That would be Keith Clearwater. Keith Clearwater has not played on the PGA Tour since 2001. Mm. That's when he played his last full season on the PGA Tour. He's played 36 events. This will be his 37th event since 2001 on the PGA Tour. And he's made zero cuts, has not made a cut. In a lot of years, he finishes dead last at Colonial. What in the world? I've, I've made this call 
10 years ago, Keith, hang it up. It's embarrassing. You're embarrassing yourself. Now, I know you have the right to play, but what's, what's the use? I mean, he's playing on a PGA Tour event against the best players in the world, and he has just limited status on the PGA Tour champions. I just don't understand it. The six guys, the sad sack six is what I'm calling them. <laughs> okay, so two quick takes, and then we'll take our break. Okay. Do any of the sad sack make the cut, and who is your winner this week? Okay. Are we going to tease that, or am I telling you right now? Tell us right now. Okay. This is this is a, a local knowledge golf course, and um, I'm not sure of his history at this course, <laughs> but this is the sprint, and and you know I I know guys that that come out of the blocks very quickly, oh. guys that get geared up. Um, <laughs> it's not going to be a John Rom, although he does get geared up, and I do not want to hear him mic'd up. I don't want to hear him bitching and complaining and whining. I just nor do I want to hear Sergio. Uh, I don't want to hear the cliche talk of Rory McIlroy. What I want to see is I want to I want to hear this is this guy was one of my five. Uh, I think Justin Thomas wins this week. I think mm. Justin Thomas. He's excited. He's uh, he's ready to go. He's had last year. He had some good performances. Uh, let a couple slip away, but he's had time to practice. I'm sure he's been practicing. Um, he loves practicing with Tiger Woods. Uh, I think he does. I mean, what a he, take. What's that got to do with anything? Well, I mean, he's he's he just he is totally into it. He's totally <laughs> he is totally into golf. So how do you analyze whether a player is or is not into it? Like Rory McIlroy is not into it. Bryson DeChambeau is not into it. How do you decide that Justin Thomas is into it and he's going to win? But well, Bryson DeChambeau observation. is into it and he doesn't want to win. Observation. No, I think Bryson DeChambeau wants to win, but I, I don't I don't think he's gonna win this week. Okay. <laughs> Justin Thomas is the type of guy, he's a young, young pro that's trying to learn, always trying to learn, always asking questions. Uh he has his game plan. He has his uh sensei, Jimmy Johnson. <laughs> hey. It's that almost sounds like Jimmy Johns. Jimmy he's, Johnson. Yeah, he's got he had the great moment in Hawaii. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> where J- where uh, Justin Thompson is like, <laughs> it's probably a, where Jimmy Johnson was giving him a yardage. I can't remember exactly how it went. And he was giving him the wrong yardage. And he was asking Justin Thomas which club he should hit. <laughs> he had no idea how far he was. <laughs> but uh, okay, so Justin Thomas is your winner. And how many of the sad sack six make the cut? I'm saying... Of Olin Brown, Bernard Longer, Keith Clearwater, Tom Lehman, Scott McCarron, David Frost, Zippo. Zippo. None. None wow. will make the cut. All right. There are the great predictors picks. By the way, my winner, I'm going way down the board. So to start this week, he just caught my eye because of the golf course. And it has nothing to do with that his name's on the top of the leaderboard right now on Thursday. But... When Hank and I were making our picks on Wednesday, I liked Brian Harmon at 125 to 1. He's a great putter, and um, it's a short golf course. It brings him into play. So Brian Harmon is my winner this week at the Charles Schwab Challenge. All right, when we come back wow. on the Hank Candy Podcast Saturday Strong, um, I explained to the great predictor Steve Johnson, not only is he the great predictor, but he's the great instructor. You can send in your golf swings to golf schools with an S at HankCaney.com. And I explained to him the pride of figuring out your swing. That's next. But first, check out HaneyUniversity.com and look at Hank's new book, How to Play Better Golf Today, Lessons of a Lifetime. Hank also has push carts on HaneyUniversity.com that you can't get anywhere else. And he'll also have tips coming to HaneyUniversity.com for free so you can improve your game. All right, we'll be right back on the Saturday Strong. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. 
the all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com stereo right now. NetSuite.com stereo. NetSuite.com stereo. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my game. <laughs> Welcome back to the Hank Haney Saturday Strong Podcast. Steve Johnson, the great predictor, and also Tim Parachka. Now, Tim, you have some some questions on uh, the golf swing. Is uh, I'm I'm here. I'm I'm here for you, man. <laughs> and anyone else, anyone else that has any questions, uh, where can they send those questions into, Timmy? Golf schools with an S at HankHaney.com. A down the line video. I got a. And I think someone reached out via email or my Twitter. I sent them to golf schools with an S at HankCaney.com. Free analysis, free game plan. Golf schools with an S at HankCaney.com. All right. So, Steve. By, by, by the way, uh, I had uh, an oldie but a goodie sent in three videos the other day, Tim. Caddy John sent his brother's video, sent his video, and sent his nephew's video in. Mm, like a Caddy John. Oh, it's a triple treat right there. Hey, hey look at that. Um, so, Steve, I played 45 holes in one day on Tuesday earlier this week, and it's the most I've ever played in one day. So, to start the day, my cousin Tyler Schmidt and I, we played a new golf course near the Twin Cities called Valleywood Country Club. It was a new golf course. It was kind of like Colonial because for someone that's not very long off the tee, like me, I probably hit it. I don't know. I couldn't even tell you. But for someone that's not long off the tee, I was driving it through the fairway and into the rough and into the trees because there were a lot of dog lakes. And um, he was doing the same thing. He couldn't even use his driver off the tee. So I was struggling there. Different golf course, faster greens. I was really trying to figure out the kinks in my swing. So I, I felt like I had no control over my driver. I had no control with my irons. I was I I did make two birdies because I drained two 45-foot bombs. <laughs> um one off the fringe and one off the back of the green which were amazing putts. So I did have two birdies. But 
My driver swing, my iron swing was god awful. Everything was to the left. I had no control. I was pulling everything. I was pole hooking everything. And there was just no fluidity in that swing at all. No confidence, nothing. And then I got the whole 16 and I figured out how to get inside out with my swing. So earlier on, I was kind of making a swiping motion. I was coming across, kind of dragging that club. I had no rhythm, had no feels, had no confidence. 16, I finally found it. And then the round is over. So I was like, damn it. So I talked to Tyler and his uncle, Tom. He owns Shatterbrook. Or not, his dad owns Shatterbrook. And that's my uncle, Tom. And I was like, do you want to go play at Shatterbrook? <laughs> it was a beautiful day. It was nice, warm day. So the ball was going far. And I was like, you want to play at Shatterbrook? So we drove an hour to go play Shatterbrook. And we played 27 holes there. The first 18, Steve, it was all coming together. I took the 16 and 18 holes from Valleywood Country Club, and I took that over to Shatterbrook, and I shot my best round of my life, an 85. Wow. My previous best was earlier this year as well. I shot an 87, but that was with the PBC pipe in the hole, and that's a little bit different than actually putting into a hole. Now they got the putt lifters in there. So I shot an 85. My swing, oh my gosh, I hit a couple of iron shots within three feet, one within two inches of the cup and made a birdie. I was making pars. I didn't have a score worse than a six. And let me just explain why I'm talking about this. So golf is a frustrating game, something everyone can relate to. It pisses us off. It makes us upset. It makes us want to quit. It makes us want to sell our clubs. But when it all comes together, like it did for me at Shatterbrook on Tuesday, and I shot that 85, there is nothing more rewarding. The pride that you feel when you hit good golf shots after sucking ass for the first 18 (laughs) holes of the day. It just makes you feel so good. It makes you feel so just, it, it makes you feel like you overcome a lot because that's the game of golf. Unlike basketball, I I feel like this is more about golf than it is any other sport. There's a lot of individual overcoming because basketball, you have teammates, football, you have teammates, other sports, you have teammates. But in golf, it's you, the golf ball and the golf club. And if you suck, it's your fault. If you suck, it can't be anyone else's fault. You can't push the blame anywhere else. But when you figure it out, it is also because of yourself. You figured it out. You figured out your swing. You hit the shots. You made the putts. You hit the drives. And the pride I felt after that Tuesday round, Steve, was so rewarding. And I've never felt that in my entire life, not in any other sport. Well, that's great, Tim. That was great to hear. You better put some some music behind the, the when you're explaining that stuff because that uh, that it's worthy of some background music. Yeah. You you said a few things here. I, I want to address this because th- this is something that can help all of us. First of all, when you play the same course over and over again, you get familiar with it. You get you know where to miss. You know what the distances are. This right. is a game of distance control. When you play a course that's unfamiliar, it really helps you. And let me ask you a question. One of the tools that you can use to help you is some type of laser distance caddy. Do you carry one of those with you? I actually got one for free last week when I played the private country club from at uh, YZ. My man, Jeffrey Rooning, who listens to the podcast, he handed me one. He said, hey, Tim, here you go. Here's a free laser rangefinder." He gave it to you? He just gave it oh, to me. Oh, that's very nice. It's very, that, that's a useful tool, Tim, because when you go to courses that you're unfamiliar with, and you know you're going to be traveling all over the world, playing golf, different golf courses, you're, you're not going to play the same courses all the time. And when you go to a different course, that really tests your game. That is a much better test of your ability to control the distance and trajectory and curve on your ball when you play some a course that's unfamiliar because you don't know where to miss it. Now, I mean, you can look out there and you, you can see, hey, you know, it looks like, it looks like I need to avoid the left or the right, but you need to take a distance. And what this is what you're going to see this week at Colonial. You're going to see guys hitting irons off the tees. You're going to see guys hitting hybrids off the tees. Occasionally, you're going to see guys hitting drivers off the tees. 
they're trying to put the ball in a position to make their next shot easier. They're trying to put the ball in a position where they have a good shot. Their next shot is 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 from a better position. What I mean by that is it doesn't always mean you need to get closer to the to the green. So a lot of times instead of hitting driver, they would put the player in a position where he can't spin the ball very well, can't control the tra- the trajectory and spin on the second shot, they'll lay back. So when you're hitting through dog legs, it's telling me one of two things. Either you have absolutely no idea of your distance control or the lines that you're taking off the tee, where you're aiming and where you're thinking that ball should go is is not you're not taking enough of that dog leg off. And that's the great thing about holes that curve to the left or to the right. If you can take some of that dog leg off, the fairway essentially gets wider. And here's what I mean by that. As the, as the hole curves to the right, the farther you are, the more you're hitting to a fairway now that is not very deep, but it's wide. So you got a lot of fairway to hit to. If you're going to hit right down the way the hole's designed, right down the middle, and you've got to make sure that, that hey, I don't hit it too far or I'm going to hit it through the dog leg like you were doing. So distance control is is so important. Distance caddies, uh, lasers are the best tool, and it's very easy. Now, a lot of golf courses have yardages on the sprinkler heads. They have markers uh, around, uh, you know, uh, around poles and things like that where you can see uh, certain distances. But the lasers, I mean, it's a very quick, you can play fast. It's a, it's a quick fix. And it'll tell you exactly how far you have. So, I mean, that uh, you, when you're playing different courses, you've got to have the, the benefit of distance caddy. I like that. Is there any one tip, Steve, that you are just feeling inside of you? I know you don't have the magic eight ball in front of you. I know you don't have a lot of the materials that you have in front of you to see things or feel things. But do you have a specific tip, one more tip that the listener can take with them yeah. to the golf course this next week and improve their game? And we'll wrap up on this. Okay, here's a, here's a good one. This will, this will help you too, because a lot of people, when they're analyzing their mistakes, they go to what they're doing. They go to what their body's doing. Yeah, I feel like I'm standing up. My buddy keeps telling me I'm standing up, or I'm standing, I'm moving back away from it, or my, I'm coming out of my posture, things like that. Those things are. I'm not saying those things are not accurate things that your par- that your friends are, are are seeing things that aren't there. They, they're there, but they're not that important. What's important when you're out on the golf course and when you're analyzing your game is analyze first the ball flight. What is my ball doing? Is it curving to the right? Is it curving to the left? Is it going low? Is it going high? Am I popping it up? What is the ball flight? Where am I hitting it on the face? It's the second thing. But those two things are the most important, Tim. What's the ball doing and what impact position created that? So let's, let's go over this just very briefly. If you're slicing it, it, all it's telling you, no matter what you're doing, if you're coming out of your posture, if you're standing too far from it, whatever you're doing, the, ball, the club face is open to the path of the swing. When the club face is open to the path of the swing, the ball will curve in a slice. When the club face is closed to the path of the swing, the ball will hook. That is the first thing that you've got to analyze. What is this ball doing? And then try to fix, go to the impact, try to fix the impact to get that impact better to fix that ball flight. That's that's Steve Johnson, Fix the Ball 101. Okay. All right. This was Saturday Strong, episode number 23. The great predictor, Steve Johnson, and Minnesota Tim Parachka. I'm still thinking about editing it out, that first clip. But we'll see what happens. I'm going to call Hank. I'm calling. If you edit out that first analysis that I did, Tim, <laughs> come on, man. Oh, man. Thanks, Let's be real. Let's be real. <laughs> Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Send your swings to golf schools at hankhaney.com. Email us, hankhaneygolf uh, Hank at outlook.com. 
Go check out VoodooPainRelief.com and HaneyUniversity.com. This was episode 23. Golf is back. We're playing our best. And Justin Thomas and or Brian Harmon are going to win. Or one more guy might win. When, <laughs> when in doubt. Ooh, Christian Buzidin out. He's playing this week, everybody. Christian Buzidin out. We'll talk to you again next week. The Hank Haney Podcast is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Infinity Presents, a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Tired of restless nights? At Lisa, we know good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. From memory foam mattresses to hybrids that keep you cool all night long, Lisa's mattresses offer exceptional comfort and support with free delivery and 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. This is where projects come to life. Our showrooms are designed to inspire with the latest products from top brands, curated in an inviting, hands-on environment, and a team of industry experts to support your project. We'll be there to make sure everything goes as planned, from product selection to delivery coordination. At Ferguson Bath, Kitchen, and Lighting Gallery, your project is our priority. Find great brands like Kohler at your local showroom or visit us online at ferguson.com build.